Welcome to Still Standing with Valerie Silvera. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes. To get more information about me and my work, please visit ValerieSilvera.com. I want you to know that it truly is an honor for me to stand with you. Hello, my friends. Today, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the logic of a negative thinker. I think probably I should go a little far further than that and talk to you about how to not be a negative thinker. But before I do that, I just want to tell you, I want to tell on myself. You're used to me doing that, right? You're used to me telling on myself. So I had difficulty in my childhood, and this is not for you to feel sorry for me or anything. This is just to kind of set the stage here. So my childhood was pretty challenging. My mother was pregnant when she was 16, and she had her first child when she was 17, which was my older brother. By the time she was 20, there were three of us. I was the middle child. Uh, we, I did go on to, sometimes you'll hear me talk about my older brother and sister, and that's my mom was remarried um, when I was pretty young, and so they were definitely considered my brother and sister, still are, and my dad, actually. My biological father's not even in the picture in my life and hasn't been for years. But in that those early years, it was tough. You know, my mom was young and she was very disappointed and she didn't have a college education. She had planned to go to college, but her plans were circumvented by, yep, you guessed it, three of us. So, you know, you can imagine the, the difficulty that she had in trying to stay happy and not feel de- depressed and disappointed. and. And, you know, she just didn't have the tools to figure out how to not do that. And so we had some rough times. Um, We had some sad times and we were poor, very poor. And we had a a father that didn't show up for us, didn't pay child support. Um, It was just really a, a rough time. Now, that's not to say it was all bad and we didn't find laughs and we didn't find good times. And, and my grandparents, who are my, are my, I guess I should say were, my mom's parents were amazing and they didn't have much but they had a lot of love and laughter and so we had that going for us and so anyway it was tough and i had figured out at an early age how to protect myself from disappointment because it was just this constant constant disappointment and so i came up with what i thought was pretty logical because i'm logical and I didn't have a name for it back then, but I now call it the logic of a negative thinker. And now, while I was a fun person, I wasn't a down in the dumps person, I wasn't, you know, black cloud hanging around, but I had this protective thing that I did. And I, what I did is I would think the worst. Perhaps you can understand. I would think the worst. I would think, I'm just not going to expect anything. I'm just going to always expect the worst. And you want to know why? Because then I'll never be disappointed. And if something good happens, it'll just be a bonus. And so as the years went on, this logic made so much sense to me that I would actually explain it to other people. Can you believe that? I would, ex- I would literally go and pitch my case to other people, how this made sense. It was a smart thing to do. I mean, I really feel kind of sick now thinking about how I would try to convince people that this was a good idea. But that's just, you know, it was a way for me to protect myself. Unfortunately, though, I mean, what is that? That is living your life in a state of expectancy, but expecting the worst. 
I would much rather live expecting the best. Now, so here's the deal. Once I became aware of the power of my thinking and that I didn't want to be that person, I changed. I mean, that's the cool thing. You can actually change. You don't have to keep living like that. It doesn't matter about your childhood. And by the way, lots of people use that as an excuse. They use their childhood as an excuse. Well, you know, I had a rough childhood. You don't get it. Well, I kind of do get it actually. But even so, that's just an excuse. I mean, whatever happened to you happened. And um, I'm sorry that those things did happen to you. And I wish they didn't happen to little girl Valerie either, but they did. I went through a lot of things and saw a lot of things I shouldn't see and experienced fear that I shouldn't have had to experience as a small child, but it happened. It is what it is. So we can either take it and use it. We can either say, okay, that happened. What can I learn from it? How can I ensure that I don't continue living in that type of chaos? How do I make sure if I end up having children that they don't live in fear and they don't live in that kind of chaos? And that, I mean, that's what we can do. We can also find the good and the good experiences in there because my mother also taught us a lot of really great things. And and I and sure I was ripped off with a dad, but I ended up with a great stepdad. And you know, so it really has a lot to do with what we decide to think about, what we decide to focus on, and how we decide to use those experiences for good or use them ex- as excuses to stay down and to be depressed and be sad and and you know have all of these problems that we can't seem to resolve in our lives because we're stuck in this past experience and we don't have to keep doing that so i did that i decided i don't want to live like that i don't want to be like that and i changed i changed my mindset i changed my thinking and i became a pretty positive person then all hell broke loose And it broke loose with my oldest child, my only daughter, Jamie. And it was very unexpected, even though she was, let me tell you something, my friends, she was a very strong-willed, I'm reading this strong-willed child book when she's one. And this girl was just really, really feisty. She was the girl who, she starts walking at 11 years old, 11 years old, my gosh, took her to 11 years. (laughs) She started walking at 11 months old. And when she started walking, I mean, seriously, she didn't just take a couple steps. The girl was walking. It was really crazy. And so I tested her on, on the floor and carpeting and shoes and no shoes and you name it, the girl could walk. So we go to a party that night and word had already spread through the party that Jamie could walk. So we walk in this party and everybody stops. You know, it's like EF Hutton and everybody's waiting to see Jamie walk, put her down and she plops to her rear end. Okay, we'll try that again pick her back up, put her on her feet, plops down. This happens about five times. Now, there are a few raised eyebrows in the room going, really, are you sure she can walk? Bottom line is she refused to do it that night. As a matter of fact, she didn't walk for two more weeks. Literally would not walk and then decided to walk again one day. So she was always strong-willed. She was always determined. She always wanted to live life on her terms, but I never in a bazillion years expected her to leave our safe, comfortable suburban life and make her way into a world she had no business being in and I have no idea why she'd want to be in. It hit me upside the head hard and for a long time I really wasn't sure what was going on and now that I look back, my gosh, the whole thing was unraveling but I didn't know what to do about it and we tried and without getting into the whole Jerry Springer episode, it was it was a very, very, very tough time and it caused me to become very depressed and It was just one 
bad thing after the next, one bad news thing after the next. You know, it was the, the shoplifting, then the ankle bracelet, and then quitting school, and it was being shot when she was 18 and nearly dying, and then going right back to those people, and then figuring out she might be an addict, and then learning that she is, and just, it was just one bad thing after the next. In the middle of all that, we also had other life, and that's, you know, like a lot of people, life happens. And I wish that if you had one really major thing in life, that's all you got. You know, there was like an allotment and that's all you got, but it doesn't work like that. And we had a lot of other challenges. We're trying to build business and, you know, the economy crashed and just all sorts of stuff was going on at the same time. And we ended up moving and, and then, you know, right before, you know, right before Jamie died, two months before my daughter actually died, she was murdered in August, 2016, two months before that, somebody stole our savings, pretty much all of it. And we, it's gone, but there's no way to get it back. So anyway, the point of me kind of telling you this is that, so when it's one bad thing after the next, one negative report after the next one, and, and I'm trying to think positively and I'm trying to have faith and I'm trying to be hopeful and I'm trying, but it's just like the hits keep coming, you know? And so, you know what I did? I kind of went right back to the logic of a negative thinker, not consciously, but subconsciously. I started kind of thinking, you know, if I pick up this phone, it's going to be bad news because that's what kept coming across my phone. It literally got to a point where I didn't want to answer the phone. To this day, I'm not, I don't really talk on the phone much. I don't like to talk on the phone. I never have been a big phone talker, but I think it, all that bad news that kept coming across my phone, I literally became phone averse. I hated the phone. And so when my phone would ring, my heart would go up and into my throat because I was sure somewhere deep down that it was bad news. And unfortunately, lots of times it was, but it's just such a negative way to think. I also believe that we attract in what we put out. Now let's do a caveat though. I've put out a lot of good stuff and I've still had a lot of bad stuff come. So it's not some formula I'm telling you about where it's just, you know, one for one, or you just put out a good thing and you get a good thing back. I don't profess to understand it all completely. But I do know that if we're putting out negative and we're putting out that fear monging, mongering, monging, how was that for a word? That fear monger attitude, that chicken little attitude. We're, first of all, we're going to attract more people that think like we do, because that's what we do. We kind of seem to attract people who think like we do. And the more we attract people that think negatively, the more we will think negatively. And it's, you know, it's the mob mentality. You're having a sort of bad day, but because you hang around with all these people who are negative and cynical and think the worst, pretty soon that's what you're doing. And then you get lower and lower and it's just, it's a really bad idea. So we have to be really careful not to have that kind of thinking the worst, number one, because we're going to attract the wrong people. And number two, because I think just somehow, you know, out in the world, we attract in what we put out in certain ways. And I think it's really dangerous. We have to be expectant. And, and I know, I just want to tell you my friends that I know it's not easy when the, you know what, keeps hitting the fan, when you've had a lot of negatives, when you've had a lot of things, and especially if they're things that really haven't had a lot to do with your own choices. And they're just things that have come out of left field and whacked you upside the head. And and, and really, like I said, when the hits keep coming, you you, you tend to think, how can I not think the worst? You know, they just keep coming. And, 
And the other thing I think that we do, one of the reasons, you know, my logic of the negative thinker, one of the reasons that we kind of want to think the worst, it's as if we think somehow we're bracing ourselves, right? We're preparing ourselves. We're just preparing so that if this bad thing happens, we won't be surprised. We won't be knocked down. We won't, it won't be the two by four upside the head like it was for me with Jamie. Um, but first of all, something really, really bad happening, like losing a child, you can't prepare for that anyway. And why would you want to live like that? Bracing yourself for losing a loved one, bracing yourself for losing a career, bracing yourself for danger, bracing yourself for a disease, bracing yourself for the loss of a relationship. Why would, what, what in the world good could come of that? If for some reason, worrying, bracing yourself, being on guard, preparing, you know, for this really bad thing that might happen, if that somehow made it not happen, okay, then I'd say go for it. But you know that's not how it works. It does, does nothing to prevent, circumvent, or stop anything negative that could happen in the future. All it does is make you a stressed out mess. It can cause you to have health problems. It can cause you relationship problems and all sorts of other things. So I understand if you have come to that place where you've subscribed to that theory, that logic of a negative thinker, and I even understand how, how you can be a positive person. I'm in the positive attitude business. I am a coach. I teach people about this stuff. I work with people on this. And it can still happen to me because the keeps hitting. You know, the blankety blank keeps hitting that fan. And I, so I still have a tendency sometimes. I'm a human being to think, what the heck? When is this going to stop? When am I going to have a break? When am, when is, you know, am I going to get sort of a little bit of an ease in my life path? I don't have the answer to that. So I just keep fighting. And that's what I'm asking you to do. Keep fighting because it, people don't equate often fighting with things like peace, fighting with things like a positive attitude, fighting with things like having expectancy, fighting with faith, fighting um, with being peaceful and calm. People don't think, you know, how does that make sense? Fighting and that, but it is a battle, my friends. It is a fight because you're fighting against the beast. You're fighting against all the forces of darkness. You're fighting against negative people. You're fighting against situations. And guess what? You're fighting against number one. Yeah, that's right. You're fighting against yourself. Probably the worst one out there. Well, maybe next to the beast. But I mean, th this is the thing where it is a battle. You're going to have to fight for a good attitude. You're going to have to fight for a positive expectant attitude. You're going to have to fight for a good mindset. It's You're not just going to have it. Maybe some people have it. And by the way, some people you know might have really easy lives. I know some people that looks like they have some pretty easy lives. Now, I don't know what happens behind closed doors. I don't know what's happened in their entire life and you know their entire life path, so maybe there's things I don't understand. But there will always be people that have easier lives than mine or yours. I don't know why. It does no good for us to try to figure that out, to compare it, to focus on it, to obsess over it. Why don't you subscribe to a new theory? The theory, the logic, of a positive thinker. And that logic would be that 
the more I think positively, the more I expect good in my life, the more I expect good breaks, the more I expect favor, the more I expect God's blessings, the more I will receive them. I sometimes wonder if God isn't watching and saying, you know, well, if that's what you want, right? If that's what you're expecting, okay, then never mind on that blessing. Geez, I don't want to take any chances and not getting any of those blessings. So I just want you to know that I'm in there with you. I'm in the battle too. I'm fighting too. And we just have to keep doing just that. We have to keep fighting for a good attitude. We have to keep fighting for what we want. Some of us have been through the you-know-what storm. But even in the middle of that storm, you can stand up, you can put a smile on your face, and you can learn to be happy. You can learn to be happy again if you've lost your happiness. You can learn to live in peace even if the chaos is surrounding you. It's all work, but I'm telling you what, my friends, it is worth it. I don't even want to imagine where I would be today if I had not done the work. And so I hope that you will too. If you want more of these kind of messages, you can get some more videos at ValerieSilvera.com. You can continue to listen to my podcast, Still Standing with Valerie Silvera. Get resources at ValerieSilvera.com. That's really the best place. You can also follow me on social media at Valerie Silvera. But um, go to my website because that's where we have all the resources. I would love for you to join my coaching tribe, which is called the Still Standing Tribe. And it's really me getting, getting in there on certain subjects and really coaching and guiding you and giving you, you some perspective. Plus, you get to link arms with some other people who are pretty serious about learning to stand too. Whatever you're going through, you are not alone. I am standing right there with you, my friend. Have an awesome day. Thanks again for joining me today. Please subscribe if you haven't already so that you don't miss notification for any future episodes. And please visit my website at ValerieSilvera.com. I would love to link arms with you and stand with you in whatever it is you're going through because we are in this thing called life together. Have an awesome day.